Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Global EP Summit. In the coming 15 minutes, I will cover an important topic in AFib, that is the use of single-shot radiofrequency techniques for AFib ablation. Despite technological advancements, radiofrequency catheter ablation for AFib ablation remains a challenging procedure, as maneuvering the catheter to targeted areas is technically complex and time-consuming. For this reason, single-shot, primarily balloon-based ablation systems have been developed in order to quickly and easily isolate the pulmonary veins. In clinical practice, single-shot cryo-balloon ablation has progressed at a, fast, at a fast pace and is currently widely used. On the other hand, single-shot radiofrequency techniques have lagged behind, and as of now, there are promising techniques in development or early clinical stages. For the purpose of single-shot RF ablation, multiple tools have been developed over the past two decades, including circular RF ablation catheters, as well as radiofrequency balloons. Starting with the radiofrequency uh, circular ablation catheters, uh, we have here the pulmonary vein ablation catheter, PVAC, made by Medtronic. The PVAC is one member of the phased radiofrequency uh, ablation catheters family. The phase RF system utilizes anatomically designed multi-electrode catheters with tissue temperature monitoring. The generator itself uses radiofrequency energy alternating between unipolar and bipolar currents. And to be noted here that during radiofrequency delivery, Real-time electrogram, electrogram signal monitoring is not feasible, and a such signal assessment is made between applications. The system that I'm showing here is the second generation of the PVAC system. An observed higher rate of silent cerebral infarcts on MRI with this technology led to initial withdrawal of the PVAC catheter, and then after technological improvement, it has been reintroduced to clinical uh, practice. In this recent publication, acute outcomes and safety of the second-generation PVAC were reported in a large population of patients with paroxysmal and non-paroxysmal atrial fibrillation. Acute isolation of the pulmonary veins was achieved with very high success rates, and in addition, substrate modification targeting complex fractionated electrograms, CAFEs, was performed in a significant proportion of patients with non-paroxysmal atrial fibrillation. Using the PVAC for AFib ablation in this population, procedure times were relatively short, especially would be a PV isolation only, and slightly longer in patients who underwent additional substrate uh, modification which targeted cafes. The same applied to fluoroscopy times and ablation. That eventually uh, was possible without added risk of complication with additional substrate modification in patients with persistent AFib. That said, durable PVI and long-term arrhythmia-free survival were not assessed in this paper, and further research is needed to address these topics, especially with the second-generation PVAC system. In terms of safety, in contrast to cryo-balloon ablation, phrenic injury was found to be rare, and of note, 
stroke rates were at 0.3%, which is comparable to other published AFib ablation data. There were, however, some serious concerns about the rates of asymptomatic cerebral embolism, starting with the first generation of PVAC. These occurred in up to a third of patients in initial studies with the first generation. And many factors can actually contribute uh, to that, including electrode tissue contact and anticoagulation strategies, including target ACT during procedures. That said, in order to reduce the risk of asymptomatic cerebral embolism, the next generation PVAC gold catheter was redesigned to eliminate the potential for proximal and distal bipolar interaction and actually replaced the platinum electrodes with gold-plated electrodes to transfer resistive energy more efficiently. The precision gold study reported about 2% or 2.1% incidence of uh, ACE lesions or asymptomatic cerebral embolism lesions, but subsequent studies raised more concerns, including the study I'm showing here, with more than 20% rates of cerebral embolism. That said, the definitions of asymptomatic cerebral embolism may vary, and the incidence varies accordingly. But the bottom line is that the PVAC has been shown to have higher rates of asymptomatic cerebral embolism than the most widely used one-shot ablation tool from the same manufacturer, Medtronic, referring here to cryoablation, with no clear added benefit. As such, this technology seems to be reaching a dead end. An open irrigated uh, circular ablation catheter, the NMARC made by, made by uh, Biosense Webster, was thought to potentially overcome the issues with the PVAC system and indeed showed initial good results with both safety and efficacy. However, due to observed fatal complications from atrioesophageal fistulas, this catheter was recalled from the market in 2015. Attention has been since shifted to cryoablation uh, uh, catheter technology and more recently to electroporation. Shifting gears to radiofrequency balloons. The Sataki hot balloon ablation system is a radiofrequency system comprised of a 13 French balloon scatter, a 13 French, French deflectable transeptor sheath, and a dedicated radiofrequency generator with a mixing pump. The balloon itself is made of a polyurethane membrane which is highly compliant and can be inflated to 20 to 35 millimeters in diameter with 10 to 20 milliliters of a mix of saline and contrast to allow fluoroscopic visualization. The balloon can be heated by delivering a radiofrequency current between a coil electrode mounted inside the balloon and four cutaneous patches positions on the patient's back. And the mixing pump actually agitates the inner fluid uh, to maintain a uniform uh, heating pattern inside the balloon. Power up to 150 watts can be delivered in a temperature-controlled fashion to reach target balloon temperature of 65 to 75 degrees Celsius. During the procedures, the balloon can be manipulated within the left atrium via the steerable sheath and an over-the-wire technique. To be noted here that a separate circular mapping catheter is needed to assess the efficacy of pulmonary vein isolation. Once the balloon is positioned along one of the PV entra, it is inflated and PV occlusion can be confirmed with either ice or venography. The balloon is then heated for two to three minutes and this can be repeated if residual PV potentials are observed. In addition to pulmonary vein isolation, posterior wall isolation is feasible using this balloon 
by dragging the balloon along the roof and inferior aspects of the pulmonary veins, and this has been shown in some studies. Of note here, because of the temperature on the surface uh, of the uh, balloon being uniform, heating of surrounding structures like the esophagus or the phthalic nerve cannot be prevented. Therefore, cooling of the esophagus is performed via injection of ice saline and phrenic nerve facing is performed during ablation uh, of the septal PVs. To be noted here that the rates of pulmonary vein stenosis with this balloon are not uncommon and were reported to be as high as 5% in some studies. Indeed, given its compliance profile, the balloon can be wedged too deep into the vein, as such increasing this risk. In terms of clinical outcomes, several clinical studies have been performed with the Sataki hot balloon, which showed feasibility and safety and led to its approval for clinical use in Japan. Lesions with this balloon are typically less wide than those obtained with cryo-balloon ablation, but, but outcomes have been found to be comparable and superior to medical rhythm control strategies. In fact, many studies using this balloon reported about 60 to 65% freedom from arrhythmia recurrences. Another radiofrequency balloon is the Luminize balloon, uh, formerly known as Apama balloon which has an open irrigated ablation uh, electrode or multiple ablation electrodes and a built-in camera inside the balloon with LED lighting. The balloon is manipulated in the left atrium via a steerable sheath and over the wire technique. Once the balloon is positioned along one of the PV entra, tissue electrode contact is confirmed via direct visualization using the camera and individual electrode impedance readings. In order to isolate the pulmonary veins, radiofrequency energy is delivered through the electrodes at the equator of the balloon in a bipolar fashion at 6 to 10 watts for up to 60 seconds with irrigation of normal saline. If needed, radiofrequency delivery can be tailored at PV breakthrough sites and can be limited in areas of esophageal or phrenic nerve proximity. In addition to pulmonary vein isolation with this balloon, it is possible to perform additional ablation using the forward-facing electrodes in both bipolar and unipolar ablation fashions, as such allowing ablation of non-PV targets. targets. The clinical data with this balloon are still limited. More recently, the results of the efficient trial were presented at, at the ERA meeting last year and showed a high rate of acute PV isolation with no serious adverse events. But we note here that further studies are planned to assess this technology, but the future is again unknown due to the wide use of cryo-balloons with established safety and efficacy, but most importantly, with the rapid progress being made with electroporation. The last radiofrequency ablation balloon that I will show here is the Heliostar RF balloon from Biosense Webster. The system includes a 13.5 radiofrequency balloon catheter, a 3 French circular mapping catheter for mapping purposes, and a 13.5 French steerable sheath with a dedicated multi-channel generator. The radiofrequency balloon itself is a 28mm compliant balloon with 10 irrigated, flexible, gold-plated electrodes. The balloon and circular mapping catheters are equipped with sensors and can be visualized in CARTO. In addition, all electrodes can ablate, sense, and pace 
But the circular mapping catheter is important here because it allows better assessment of time to isolation. Radiofrequency energy is delivered through each electrode independently in a unipolar and temperature controlled fashion using a maximum power of 15 watts and a maximum temperature of 55 degrees Celsius, which allows for quick, single shot, circumferential, as well as segmental ablation when needed. In order to prevent esophageal injury here, radiofrequency energy is turned off after a maximum of 20 seconds in the posterior electrodes. In addition, Phrenic nerve pacing from the superior vena cava is also performed while ablating the right PVs to prevent its injury. In addition to isolation of the pulmonary veins, extra PV ablation is also possible with this uh, balloon with dragging, and, with dragging of the posterior wall and tailored RF application. With this technique, there are still few clinical data available to date, but the feasibility study, uh, uh, Radiance, has shown an efficient and effective acute uh, PV isolation in all patients enrolled with very good long-term results. That said, further and larger studies are still being needed to, uh, to, to prove the, the efficacy and safety of this technique, but the future also remains unclear for this technology uh, as well. In summary, many single-shot RF tools have been developed and reproducibly found to be very efficient for acute PV isolation. There are safety concerns with circular radiofrequency ablation catheters and better results with open irrigated radiofrequency balloons, especially the Luminize and Heliostar. However, advantages over cryo-balloon ablation techniques have yet to be established. On the other hand, the quick advancement in electroporation for AFib ablation may eliminate the need for single-shot RF techniques, primarily due to cumulative data about its safety and tissue, and tissue selectivity. With this, I conclude my talk. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.